Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Jenny Helmendaller. I'm Lindsay Heck. And today we are talking to Candace Fox, the brand new Assistant Director of Health Promotion and Sexual Violence Prevention. How are you today, Candace? I am very excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit about your background in sexual violence prevention? Yeah, I can. I think all of my career in human services has really prepared me for this type of position. I previously came from the Avalon Center, which is the Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Center here in Williamsburg, Virginia. I was there for almost five years, and it was a great, great introduction to what domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking really is. My main job there was the youth services coordinator, so I did all of the healthy relationship education within our service areas, which there were 13, so it was a lot of different areas that we were (laughs) encompassing, and a lot of different types of students from different areas, which was very exciting, and it got me to be in the professional type stance that I'm here now. Um, Before that, I was doing like intellectual disabilities and developmental disabilities casework, which may not sound like it prepared me for this type of position, but working with families and all types of families, it really helped introduce what human services is. Um, My first job outside of college was at a residential treatment center. I had to take a deep breath after doing that one because it really prepared me. After looking at what those medical diagnoses are in your undergrad, you really have no idea until it's kind of like thrown at you in real life circumstances. So I'm so excited for all of like my past experiences because I really think that they're going to help me here at William & Mary. And sexual violence prevention, it's a sensitive subject. It's hard work. What inspired you to take this path? Well, prevention really is my heart and soul. I really learned that working at the Avalon Center. I did a lot of different roles in my position at Youth Services Department just because I wanted to really familiarize myself with what domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking really was. Usually when people think about the Avalon Center, they only think about the shelter when we have a large amount of different departments there. So I really introduced myself to all of it and really found that that prevention was something that I was super, super, super passionate about because the more statistics that you find and the more students that you get to know and the more stories that you hear, it really, really gives you that motivation to want to have those tough conversations early so that these students can have the education possible in order to maybe avoid. The best way to avoid is to know. It's something that I say in every single one of my presentations when I talk about sexual violence. So it's something that I really hold close to my heart and that I keep as like my motivation to keep wanting to do this job. And could you define those three things for us? You said domestic abuse, sexual violence, stalking. Yeah. Domestic violence is really within the home. A lot of times it doesn't have to be an intimate partner. A lot of times it is an intimate partner, but that's a lot of like where you guys see maybe in a movie, a lot of violence within the home. Sexual violence is that one of our favorite shows. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up watching Olivia Benson and I really literally love her. Um, So a lot of times that will kind of introduce you to the sexual assault, sexual violence type world and what that can kind of look like, even though it's a little dramatized. Um, And then stalking, I really, really got familiar with that 
process and just how to fill out a PPO and what that looks like and what the court system looks like throughout the last year because I spent a lot of my extra time at my previous job really, really focusing on that because it's something that a lot of people don't talk about and also just how prevalent it is and just how the resources available are just not as abundant as they should be when it's happening to a lot of people in a lot of different circumstances. And so how did those kinds of skills that you learned there translate to your role now at William & Mary? I'm so excited because I love having conversations about healthy relationships and the education piece when it comes to what are the signs of a toxic, abusive, unhealthy type of relationship and what to do. The statistics surrounded by young people in abusive, toxic, unhealthy relationships is one out of three. So if it's not happening to whatever student that I may be having a conversation with, it's probably happening to one of their friends. So a big portion of what I try to focus on in a lot of the presentations when I am talking to young people is how to help a friend. And it is a really tough subject and a really hard thing to do when your friend or somebody that you know and that you care about is in an abusive or unhealthy relationship. It's a tough subject to talk about, but also it's a tough subject to actually do with that friend because you want them so badly to leave that relationship and you want to give your opinion and your advice and all of these things when a lot of times just following the education pieces that these students will learn with me and some of my workshops will help them with that kind of piece, even though just because I know of all of these pieces and I teach it for a living and all of this education, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily good at it. So the more that we talk about it and the more that it's out there, I think the better we all are going to get at supporting each other in these types of situations. And I feel like sometimes it doesn't matter how much training we go through. It does such a, a great job at raising that awareness. But sometimes what's coming out of the textbook is going to be completely different than what's happening right in front of your face. So for folks who are on campus, what are some of the signs that people can look out for if you might have a friend that's connected to a toxic relationship? I always encourage students to utilize some of the national resources that are available because sometimes it is sensitive information that maybe you're not ready to talk about with me or any of your friends or any of your support system, really. Loveisrespect.org is a great organization that students can look up, and it's completely anonymous. They have a texting little feature on there to where you could just text about something if you're the type of person like me that, like, really gets anxiety over the phone. Like, I don't even like making a doctor's appointment. It it, it takes me about two hours to even get the confidence to do that. Um, but when it comes to those types of things, those resources are available. I also like the One Love Foundation. It's also a national resource that has a lot of different information on there. But also just coming and asking about it. I think a lot of times it's not talked about and you may not know, um, but some of those signs may be on the power and control wheel, which is another thing that you can access from your phone or maybe on your computer or your laptop. And the biggest piece on there that I've noticed in this type of life stage is that isolation piece. If the person that you are in an intimate relationship with is asking you not to spend any time with your support system and asking you to have access to them every second of the day, that could be an early sign that this person is trying to get power and control over you. Red flag. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And what are some of the prevention strategies and, and practices that you're looking forward to implementing here and why do we need them? 
Awesome. I'm really excited about that education piece, like I had just mentioned. We want to promote some of the social norms that do protect us young people that are in dating relationships. And cancel culture can be like kind of a little risky, but sometimes we need to cancel some of those social norms that are just not okay. Like we should not be doing that. And just having the conversation with people, teaching and the education piece is really one of the biggest things that I always focus on. And also that supportive piece, supporting a survivor who's going through something like this. If it's not happening to you, it's happening to somebody you know. So getting all of this information is not just going to help you at William & Mary, but it's going to happen and it's going to help the rest of your relationships for the rest of your life. So just learning what these foundations are and then also what these red flags that you had mentioned are and learning and growing through those types of education pieces is what I really want to focus on to make sure that everybody can be happy and healthy. That's the point of my job. And could you give us some more examples of what it may look like if someone you know is in a toxic relationship? Because I know you said isolation, but like what are some other things, especially where it crosses the line where you stop saying, "Mm, they'll figure it out and say, hey, I should actually talk to them about this. Yeah. Some of the other things that are on the power control wheel is that emotional abuse part. Um, The minimize, deny, blame. A lot of times when I go over that portion of the power and control wheel, what it actually is, is gaslighting. If somebody is influencing your reality, then that person is gaslighting you into thinking something completely different, which is a lot of times minimizing the situation, denying that something even happened, and blaming you for exactly whatever kind of incident occurred. Um, And then just also just learning some of these healthy um, techniques that I was mentioning before, because a lot of times, you know, behavior is learned. So if we have only learned our entire lives what the movies and the music and the things that we're listening to, that these toxic relationships are okay, then that's the type of relationship that we're going to have with our friends and our family and our intimate partners. So kind of unlearning some of those toxic um, traits of like, that person is mine um, or commenting on somebody's, you know, social media and saying something like, oh, mom and dad, you guys are going to be forever. We don't we don't necessarily want to push something like that on the individuals that are dating. Dating is supposed to be fun. Dating is supposed to be a time where you're getting to know each other. You're getting to know yourself and you're getting to know the other person. And a lot of times you find different qualities that you like in that person. And then in the next partner, they're going to have those particular qualities and more. So that's a time where you're supposed to figure it out. It's not like a life or death situation that I have to stay with this person or this person is the end all be all. And that's a lot of the conversations that I have too of just like, hey, dating is fun. It's a good experience and it should be. And I, and I want to influence that in my position as well. Do you also mean to say like, oh, commenting on someone's Instagram, oh, mom, dad, like, do you mean we also shouldn't maybe like idolize other people's yes. relationships? Like saying like, oh, they seem really healthy, but you know, you never know what's we, actually going yeah, on. Yeah, we have no idea what's going on and idolizing whatever somebody has on, on their pictures is also putting pressure on that particular couple that their particular relationship is perfect. And that can cause toxicity in itself as well because we're all trying to figure it out. We all make mistakes. We all are trying to understand ourselves and each other. And it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody that that they're the perfect couple or the most amazing type situation because nobody is. Yeah, it just carries on this like false narrative of like what this should be or, you know. And so you'll be advising some student groups too? someone you know and 
I think there are a lot more. I'm getting thrown a lot of information these last couple days. And all I can promise anybody who's listening is that I take my job very seriously. And I'm very excited to start. And I'm very excited to learn this student body. Because the sooner I learn this student body, the better I can be at my particular position. Because there are going to be different hardships and challenges with dating violence that is going to be unique to this campus. So I'm excited to just get the opportunity to learn and to grow and to actually find out like what are these students actually experiencing I I can imagine a lot of things because I have been in that particular life stage before but again I was at a different area and a different time Um, (laughs) as much as I would like to say that I am I'm at a similar life stage and the students that are here I'm not Um, so I'm really excited just to learn and you're brand new I mean it's been like has it even been a week? No. What is this, day four? <laughs> yeah, this and I guess, yeah, by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been a few weeks, so maybe you'll know the campus better, but being here for, like, less than a week, what are some things you noticed so far about William & Mary? I know there are no students here right now, but... One of the biggest things that, like, I'm going to take away from just this last four days is just, like, how like educated and welcoming the staff really are here. The healthier your support system is, the healthier your relationships are going to be. So the fact that I have um, a very large, good, healthy, educated, um, professional support system here at William & Mary is really giving me exciting um, news that I I'm, I think I'm going to have a really good team to make me very good at my job. I love that because I feel like with in sexual violence prevention, we get so focused on intimate relationships, but it's such a broader network where we can talk about what are those healthy habits between friends and it all works beyond together. Those titles. Yeah. 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 I think that's another thing that I focus on too. I, I know my, my title is going to say, you know, um, sexual violence prevention specialist, but it all starts with all of your relationships. When you start practicing some of these healthy foundations, like setting boundaries, saying no, what's healthy, what's not, what kinds of characteristics you want in a friend, what kinds of characteristics do you want in your support system, the healthier your your intimate relationship is going to be. It's, it's a full circle. It's all an ecosystem. It all works together. Um, so the more that we focus on wellness as a whole, the healthier our, our intimate partner relationships are going to be too. Yeah, that upstream piece of it is I mean, obviously a cornerstone here because it's one-fourth of our health and wellness thematic area, stopping these things before they happen in the first place. But um, what are some other ideas and thoughts that you have at this point in time of what what's types of initiatives would you like to bring to campus to, to deepen our understanding of um, sexual violence prevention? I think some of it is that unlearning piece that I mentioned mm-hmm. before. Um, I kind of want to pick out some of the things that the students are listening to and watching and kind of unlearn some of those um, conditioning that we don't realize is actually happening in our in our lives. Just talking about boundaries is one of the things. And one of the other things that I like to focus on a lot is coercion and just the nice guy trope. I put that in quotations for everybody who can't um, see me. <laughs> just kind of understanding of what coercion really is and canceling that behavior of the love bombing like receiving all of these things and this person is just blowing up my phone, giving me gifts, all of these things. And I, I think because the movie's right, you know, th- this person really cares about me. This person's outside my window with a boom box and that's really love. When in reality, let's, let's unpack that. <laughs> let's unpack what that is and kind of discuss what's happening and why some people behave the way that they are. 
And so what are some resources on campus that people can look for if they either think that a friend is in a toxic relationship or they themselves are? I would love for a student to come talk to me. I did mention a lot of the national resources that I know that I'm very familiar with, the Health and Wellness Center. Like I just mentioned, all of these educators that I have been surrounded by are completely and utterly just welcoming and genuine and know what they're talking about. The Haven is a great place. Oh, Avalon used to work there. Um, there is a number that you can call 24-7 if you have any questions. There's an advocate on the other line that is prepared to answer any of your questions or concerns. Um, that is also the hotline that you want to call if you are in a dangerous situation within the community. The Avalon Center services 13 counties, including Williamsburg and probably a lot of other areas that students are living if they're living off campus. Um, and then also, like I said, just those national resources for right now, but I'm learning William & Mary. So I'm really excited just to get like all of this information so that I can help the students in the best way that I can with this type of work and, and these types of situations. They are pretty delicate. So I always, always, always recommend if you have any questions or concerns, my email is going to be listed from here, but then also those national resources are always available 24-7. Great. Awesome. Well, Candace, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, and we're so excited to have you, and hopefully we can have you back again in a few months when you maybe know some more people and know the campus better. We can talk some more about healthy relationships. I would love that, yeah. All right, so thank you so much for listening, and thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Huck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Jenny Helmendaller. dollar